Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Manifesting Money Podcast. My name is Anita Aguilar. I am your host, as well as a money mindset coach, a manifesting expert, and so are you, and I'm going to show you how, and the CEO of a multi-million dollar company teaching manifestation. This podcast's purpose is to bring massive consciousness around the world of money manifestation, and we want to share our stories to truly help you understand that money is just energy. It's an unlimited resource that you can tap into at any given point in time. The way that you feel about money is how it shows up for you. So if you have the limiting belief that you have to work super hard for money, this podcast is for you. I'm going to be sharing the things that I personally learned the hard way, but I'm also going to be sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and stories of those who truly healed their relationships with money and have mastered attracting abundance. Now, without further ado, let's get right to it. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Manifesting Money Podcast. I am super happy and grateful to be here today. And as you can see, it's a very special day because we are recording live. So if you guys are listening to the podcast on audio right now, make sure that you check out the (laughs) video because I have a fun little costume on. So I'm super excited to introduce you guys to my guest today. So my guest today is a very beautiful soul and her name is Ina Mastin. She is a fractional CFO and the owner of Mastin Solutions, business that allows you to enjoy the benefits of financial expertise. (laughs) From basic bookkeeping to high-level accounting, support at the fraction of a cost of a full-time CFO. So Ina Masson has a bachelor's degree in accounting and a master's in computer information science. She has over 35 years of professional experience in all areas of accounting. From bookkeeping to financial reporting, she's worked with everyone. She's given high level of financial support from one person operation, helped family-owned businesses, small to medium-sized businesses, and large corporations. She is dedicated to helping clients of all sizes make intelligent financial decisions to grow their business while keeping a keen eye on the bottom line. Her patience and determinations ensure that every client is treated with respect and integrity. All righty, Ina, I'm super excited for our interview. (laughs) Me too. All right. My first question for you is, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a blessed day. It's great to be here with you. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. So I have some quick rapid fire questions for us. And this just helps us get to know each other a little bit more, even though we talk every single Monday, which I love. Um, But just to get to know you a little bit more on a personal side. Sounds good. You ready? So the first question is, uh, where are you originally from? New York City. What? Okay, wait. I feel like you told me this and then I just didn't remember. I was born here and lived here until I was 13. And then we moved cross country to La Jolla, California. Oh, so beautiful. All right. Second question for you is, what is your favorite book? The Bible. Oh, I love it. What's your favorite verse? That's a good one. In Isaiah, there's a verse about spreading your wings like an eagle so you can fly. That's my favorite verse. I think it's Isaiah 41. We're coming back to this. (laughs) So uh, last question for you is, what is the first time that you invested in yourself and what happened afterwards? So the first time I invested in myself was when I decided to go out on my own Mm. and do my own business. And because I believed in what I wanted to do and how I wanted to help people, Mm. um, it just really automatically, the universe acknowledged that and people started coming to me to help them with their business. Yay! Which I really want to talk about how everything is referral based for you. And I really, really love this about your business because it just shows that yes, the marketing strategy structure is one thing, but when you are just completely of service, you will attract the people who are in alignment for you. 
So I'm super excited to talk about the business side, talk more about accounting and numbers and just knowing all the financials of actual about money. But my first question that I really want to get into is, was this always the plan for you or did things kind of pivot? No, we just pivoted. You know, I grew in my career through working for different organizations to finally becoming the CFO of a large corporation. And I enjoyed that for a really long time. But then I just got kind of tired of the corporate world and everything that you have to do to maintain your position in the corporate world. And so I branched off and I actually did the accounting for my church for four years. <laughs> Completely different than being in a corporation. Yeah, very night and day. But they have a preschool and a large congregation. So they needed my help. But then after four years, I knew I wanted to do something different. So I started working with nonprofits, helping them with their accounting and their financial uh, taxes and some planning, strategic planning, those kind of things. And then um, as time passed, I realized that I didn't want to just retire completely, that I had things I wanted to share with businesses. And I was watching businesses, even pre-pandemic, struggling with their everyday accounting, with their everyday administration, so that they're working more in their business and less on their business. They really need to have the freedom to work on their business. And we have someone like myself or other professionals that help you with that other side of the business. It then helps you to grow and come from an owner to a CEO of your business. Ooh, so beautiful. So I know we have a lot of listeners who are coming from all different backgrounds, but um, one of the biggest things that we find a lot with our listeners and also our guests is that, you know, we were on that path where we thought we were going to work at this corporation for however long, right? So when you were going through that shift and you were realizing that that was no longer serving you, what was the biggest fear that came up? when you thought about leaving? I guess the fear that I wouldn't financially be able to make it. Probably that was the biggest fear. You know, I really didn't struggle with that. I could make it. It's just what, how long would it take? Oh, wow. And do you think it's because you're very faith-based that you uh, minded that you knew that it would work yeah, out? Just yeah, my faith definitely is my foundation. And yes, I found doors open that I never anticipated. Thing. And just being open, I think, to all different kinds of opportunities really made a difference. Not saying I'm just only going to do this. But I tell you that I found it what was really important for me after being in the business world for so long was that I really wanted to work with my ideal client. I wanted to work with people that really wanted to grow their business and wanted to do things right. Mm. So good. Yay. Okay, so let's get into some of the the fun questions. So you make this leap, right? You leave this corporate job, you start work for the church, and then you know that you want to start your own business. So what was that shift specifically like for you? Like what was the first thing that you did? Well, I wanted to make sure that I personally had my business structure set up. I didn't want to say to clients, do as I say, not as I do. I wanted to have, I'm doing what I'm having Claire doing. So for that, it really meant getting the right corporate structure. It meant, you know, making sure that I had a legal status, that I had a business license, that I, you know, I had good business tools, you know, it could be get your website built, all those kinds of things. So I took about three months just getting all of that set up. That doesn't really always take that long. But for me, I was only wanted to work part time and I wanted to create boundaries in my life so that I could have a more balanced life. And that's something I didn't really have in the corporate world. Wow. So, so it allowed me to then do that. And so that by having a more balanced life, my business grew because I was happier. 
my business was happier, my clients were happier, and I encouraged them as well mm-hmm. to have a balanced life. Yes. But but yes, definitely having a foundation set up was key. Wow. See, I'm so happy that you're talking about this because I feel like this is where a lot of people get stuck. And if they don't have that balance within the beginning, that it doesn't change anything. So one of my famous sayings is that the money is not going to change anything. And you, you can you can say it all day long, but it's not until like stuff actually happens and you're like, oh, well, now I have the money, but I'm still working and I'm still not spending time with my family and going on the vacations or buying something for myself. So I love how you talk about the structure that you set up and really setting the example for yourself first. Because again, when you're you're someone who wants to give and you want to help, a lot of people, again, they think we need to help everybody first and you know put their masks on first before we put ours on. So I think you did a really good example of just doing that for yourself and setting that foundation. What are some other examples of like the balance that you set for yourself? Um, I think having business hours, really strict business hours that um, I'm very responsive when clients contact me, whether it's by phone, email, text, or, you know, a lot of cases, people use a lot of um, electronic to-do lists like Notion that you use and others use Asana. There's, you know, tons of them out there. So really um, utilizing all of those tools, my hours are like really eight to four. And if I leave it four, then it allows me enough time in the evening to go do something fun or to take my dogs for a walk or watch a football game with my husband, you know, whatever the case may be. So that was really key. And I put that specifically in my business signature on my emails. Wow. So it's right there. Everybody knows. So if somebody's contacting you at five, what do you do? I answer it the next day. Yes! <laughs> this makes me so excited. I, again, I'm, again, I'm so excited because it took me forever to figure this out, too. Like, I just remember when I was six o'clock at night sending emails and all that stuff. And then you start to realize once you make that shift and you set those hours, and then you see other people responding past those times, and you're like, oh, they're not, just has this conscious belief that they're not balanced, you know? Right. So, okay, so you started your business, you set the structure. My next question for you, let's say there's someone listening right now and they're saying, I want to start my own business. I'm ready. Like I am totally invested. And let's say they're starting from absolute scratch. They have just the idea, no name or whatever. So what would be the first step that you say that they should do? Well, it's really in the category of making it legal. So you want to really have that all set up. So like you mentioned, your business name, that's really important because that's something that you're going to use for everything, you know, in your marketing, everything. So you need to make sure they have that. You don't always have to have a fictitious name filing, but if you're using your personal name in it, you do. But if you like Maston Solutions, I don't have to have a fictitious name. But if I put Ina Maston, I would have to put a fictitious name. So that's something you have to file for. But then you want to decide what your structure of your business is. Are you a solopreneur? Are you an LLC? Are you an S-corp? And these are all things that you really need to go over with a tax professional. And that could be a CPA, could be a tax lawyer, could be an enrolled agent, any of those people so that they can help you make that decision so that you corporate right. Now, there's a lot of tax benefits for the different ways to be setting yourself up as a business. And in today's world, we know the taxes are changing literally as we speak. And by the end of the month, the structure for taxes for corporations will be very different than it is right now. So you do want to make sure that you just get that 
taken care of. Now, the actual process of filing for your corporation or your business, getting what they call a federal EIN number, which is an employer identification number, doesn't mean that you have actual employees, but just the way that they can differentiate the IRS between you and a business. So you get that number. There are places like LegalZoom that will do all of that for like three or $400. They'll get your incorporation papers. They'll, they'll do everything for you. So, you know, I would really recommend once you figure out how, what you want to do with your business, how you're going to set yourself up legally, that that's what you do. It really makes a lot of sense. Yes. So could you briefly just explain for the listeners who are, again, just super new, what what is an, uh, a sole prop versus an LLC? So a uh, solopreneur is really when you have your tax return, there's something called Schedule C. And it's like a business. And so it will have your income and your expenses. You're not paying yourself any salaries. The LLC, it's very similar. Gives you a little bit more tax benefit. Um, And then an S-Corp is really probably, if a business is really going to grow and have employees, it's probably the most ideal way. Because as an LLC or a solopreneur, you can't be an employee yourself. So you have to take money in what they call a draw. And that could be significant for your taxability on your return. So in order to minimize that, an S-Corp is probably, or a C-Corp, is probably the way to go. Most people do an S-Corp because then it allows you down the road to become an employee. That way, the payroll taxes and the payroll expense is all part of the expense for the corporation. And it then reduces your profit, so it reduces your taxes. And then you get your W-2 and then your tax normally. So, you know, it's a good way to do it. But you can also do distributions. If, if the salary is not enough, there's a way to do distributions out of a corporate I get so excited about this, guys, because for me, again, this was this stuff was all new to me. And for a lot of people, it's very intimidating. And it's why they don't start their business because they're like, oh, my gosh, I need to know everything and I need to do this. And I think it's just takes away so much stress and anxiety when you have someone who's an expert again in the things that you're not. And so how when we were talking about setting up my business in a way when you know that the growth of it. I think it was just so fun to see how you're really just helping me see things that I didn't know that I needed. So for example, with the S Corp of what you're just saying of like, if I'm if even if I'm putting my own money in the business, that if I'm not registered a certain way, then I can't write that off. So like all these little things are just adding up and just helping for the future. And a guy, I think the biggest reason why a lot of my clients don't start the business is because they're scared of taxes. Right. So an understandable fear, <laughs> but there's ways to work around it. I mean, there's ways to make it. I mean, that, you know, while people do criticize corporations and businesses for not paying a lot of tax, quite frankly, they're just doing what the tax laws are allowing them to do. And you know, if we really want that to change, you have to change the tax laws. So. Yeah, yeah. And I, we were talking about this the other day on our call of like, if it's not going to change and, you know, take advantage of how they're they're really doing these things. As right, well. right. And they, the tax laws do change rather rapidly in this day and age. And because of the pandemic, there's a lot of opportunities for what they call tax credits. Mm-hmm. So it's great. We were talking about, you know, having professionals. I call them schmees, my subject matter experts, because no one person can know everything. I mean, if they say they do, well, they're just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> then you walk away from someone like that. But, you know, as long as I know people that do know the answer to the really critical questions, then you can have this nice team of people that you can actually go to when, you know, issues come up, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So for the tax laws, the tax credits, there's some 
out there right now that if you had a business that had employees during the pandemic, you can actually get almost $30,000 an employee. Wow. You know, I mean, it doesn't go for everybody, but um, I do know people that that's what they specialize in is tax credits. The tax credits typically means that, you know, the income tax that you owe, it's a credit. It's not a deduction. It's an actual dollar for dollar. That's why credit is much better than a deduction. So, and these are ones that are like the child care credit right now out there. Instead of people taking it on their return, they're getting money. They're getting the cash. Same thing with this employee tax credit. People are getting cash. Wow. My sister got that. Okay. This is all coming full circle. So beautiful. So my next question for you is, what is the difference between a bookkeeper and accountant? So a bookkeeper is really somebody that deals with the past. They're really what I call a transactional kind of person. They're recording where the money went, where the money got came in from. It's really everything that's happened. So they're always looking back at history. They will then you generate the financial statements. And that's where an accountant or someone like myself, a CFO, comes in, that you are able to look at those financial statements and understand what the story those numbers are telling you. Now, it's not the whole story. It never is, but it's a big part of the story. And so, you know, you need to be able to look at every line item on your balance sheet and your income statement and understand what they're saying. Ooh, so good. And, and why is it important to have uh, an accountant? Well, really, because you really need somebody that's on top of things, that's recording everything, taking care of your business, making sure that things are getting paid on time, that you're getting your money in from customers or clients. And then also, you know, pass the bookkeeping to more what I do is that you're helping somebody and guiding them through their business to see where they need to maybe focus a little bit differently. And as you know, for me, I think that for businesses, cash is king. And so the most important document that I can share with people is a cash flow worksheet. And I have one and I also have a a video that goes with it that tells you how to use it. So if anybody listening would like to have that, they can go to my Facebook page. Oh, and it, and it has the cash flow that we use. And yeah, you'll go to it and sign in and then we'll give that to you. Just indicate that that's what you like and we'll send it to you free. Oh. I think it's so important to be able to use that because 13 weeks is a, is a quarter. And so that allows you to say, okay, here I am today. This is the money I have today, the expenses I have today. So next week, what's going to happen? The week after, what's going to happen? It allows you to plan and shift so that you're not making decisions in the last minute or you're not sitting there saying, where did all my money go? And why can't I make payroll? Or why can't I make my rent? What's going on? And I've noticed a lot, not only with myself, like when I first started my money mindset, just journey, like I just avoided numbers and money so much because it just scared me. And there's a subconscious like belief of like, if I just ignore it, it'll go away, right? And so if, if somebody's going through that right now and they're saying, okay, I currently have this fear, but I want to really get more structure. I want to know more about my money. I want to know what's coming in, when it's coming out or when it goes out. Uh, what would you say to someone with that fear right now? Well, I say that you need to then really make sure you have a professional that helps you with the foundational accounting. So you at least have the basis, basics covered. And then, you know, after a few months that you're being in business, then you get somebody that can really help you take a look at those financials and see what they're saying and maybe help you plan for the future. Even doing things like budgeting, those kinds of things. You know, when you transition from being just a business owner to a CEO, 
And you can be a CEO of a business that makes like $50,000 a year. You have to make that change in how you look at everything. So you don't know how to, just like I said before, I don't know everything. You don't have to know how to do everything in your business, but you know, have to know how to use that information, use those business tools. So then you can work more on your business. So beautiful. Yes, I love this. And I also think it just opens up so much when we tell other people about our numbers and our business and our just finances in general. Right. Well, and they can give you opportunity for loans, you know, for government loans, for the Small Business Association, loan from a bank, any of those things. You know, getting a checking account in your business name is really important. Differentiate it from your personal. Try to keep those things separate. A lot of people don't. And so then that makes it very complicated to do their books. Yes, that's like one of the first steps that I have my clients do. I'm like, okay, just get registered and let's get your business bank account because it starts there. Exactly. And it's also such a shift like when you walk into the bank and you're like, I'm starting a business and they're like, okay. And I like what you said about how it opens up doors and how you're open to loans and now you're open up to all these different things because simply you're talking about it. And that was one of my favorite. Right. And talking about it is then brand recognition, building your authority about whatever it is you're in business with, and sharing that with others. Because I always say, even in the corporate world, when I was building my career, people don't know to think of you if they don't know who you are. You have to tell them. You have to, you know, self-promote a little bit. Oh, so good. So what's the best way to, found, to find an accountant? You know, really, it's talking to business owners, talking to a tax professional, people that have relationships with somebody that you know is going to be good. You know, I've had people that have uh, become clients of me that have told me terrible stories about how they'll go online and find some bookkeeper and then they start with them and then all of a sudden they start getting ghosted by the bookkeeper. They're not doing the information, all of that. You want to make sure when you do interview an accountant or someone like myself that they're, they're really not giving you financial advice without seeing your financials. That's a big key. That's a big no-no. That they charge by the hour, you know, because you never know. I mean, people can say they take so much time, but, you know, when you're starting in your business, you need to know um, this month, I'm going to spend exactly this month. So you want somebody that does like a monthly charge kind of a thing, you know, and then, you know, yeah, I would say that other business owners is a good place to go to. Who do they use? What are they doing? And there's a lot of like business networking groups like BNI and places like that where you can actually go and request, you know, perhaps an, an interview with somebody. And that's, that talks about more about the referral-based business, which you talked about before, which is really important. About finding someone who knows. You know, I noticed this about, about how, when we connected and I manifested Ina, guys. I can't even explain how excited I was when I talked yeah, to her. Yeah, it was pretty amazing how it Yeah, it, it was a, a craziest story because... So I was in Kathleen's group and I was asking another person about an accountant and she was in Canada. And I was like, if you know anybody that's in San Diego, that would be ideal. Cause like my biggest thing, I've been on Zooms forever. And I was just like having people like in my energy, like just helps so much. And so um, I hadn't heard from her for a while. And then she finally referred me to somebody, but I had no idea that you were in San Diego. Ooh. Yeah, because well, I had somebody else that I was uh, about to hire. And I want to point this out because a lot of times I get mad at myself for not like, oh, just, you know, just hire them. You know, why am I waiting, procrastinating this? But just something didn't feel right with them. And then when I got on the call with you, um, it was just like I had been on like five calls that day. And then I got on the call with you and like, 
you were just vibing and you're like, all right, let's go. This is what I do. This is how I can help you. I highly recommend that you find somebody else to help look at the numbers too. Like just showing me all the things that I needed that I didn't know that I needed. And I think that's what really just raised my vibration. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it, it's just so beautiful how you going out here running your business is a manifestation for me, manifestation for the other people that you work with. And also just like the comfortability that we have, like how comfortable I feel with you, like you. And I think what I was telling you with the other person is, again, it wasn't that they were bad. It was just they were just getting the job done. Right. See, and I'm invested in your business. I feel like I'm part of your team. Mm -hmm. So I'm not just doing the books or just giving you reports and not giving you more information. I really want to make sure that you're understanding what I'm telling you, that you're understanding what you need to do, that you're taking the action that you need to. I mean, like another key thing people need to have is business insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to risk, you know, all of your, you know, whatever you've built in your life up to that point. Mm-hmm. You don't want to risk everything. And as you pointed out, it's always good to have someone else look at the numbers. And that's why it's good to have a tax accountant, not have one person do your books and your taxes. Because mm-hmm. then the tax accountant or the enrolled agent will actually look at your books, they may ask some really germane questions that perhaps, you know, uncover things that you might not have missed. Mm. So, so good. It's sort of like getting an audit without paying for it. Oh. So my next question kind of goes into all about CFO, right? So we talked about Kauna and we talked about bookkeeping, the difference between them. What is the difference with a CFO? So the CFO is really looking at the whole picture of the organization. They're not just looking at strictly at the financials themselves. They're looking at budgeting, forecasting, planning for the future, trying to make cash flow, forecasting, trying to help the organization understand their financial health now. And then through meetings and strategic goals and objectives, how to get in that direction. One of the key things is really having a mission and a vision statement. A lot of companies don't have that. And that's really important because, you know, what is your mission? And so if you have a really good mission statement, you may have lots of opportunities coming your way. But you want to make sure, is this the right opportunity? And so you balance it against your mission statement. And if it supports that, then, yeah, that's an opportunity for your company. But it doesn't mean the other options were bad. It just means that they just really didn't fit with your business. And that's what's really important is to get that good fit. You know, and that's what's important for me is finding like yourself, the right client for me, because like you're just my ideal client. And so, you know, so it works. So that's why it works so beautifully, you know, because we just really get each other. We really, you know, you really feel hopefully that I'm really invested in your business and that I want you to be successful. Yes. If you're successful, I'm successful. Yes. I think that's like the most beautiful part is that one. Also, the accountability and just every single week looking at the numbers, looking at this and seeing what's the big vision. And I think that's what really helps. Well, it's like working out. You know, people always say that, you know, it's better if you have a workout buddy Mm because then you have that accountability. Oh, geez, they're going to be there. I better go. You know, same thing with the financials. Like, oh, Ian's going to be there. I better go and meet with her and talk over everything. Mm -hmm. And then when it's done, you go, oh, yeah, I'm glad I did that. Okay, yeah, that, that helped me a lot. Because then you get to celebrate your wins, too. It's not all about looking at, you know, is it good or bad? It's like, well, let's celebrate what's great things are happening in your business. Oh, yes. So beautiful. So we talked about bookkeeping, CFO, accounting. For all of the people who are really shifting right now and they really want to 
take their business to the next level. Let's say that they've been maybe operating at this like lower level and now they want to become a CEO. They right. want this business working for them. They want to focus on X, Y, and Z, travel, do all this stuff and just really outsource a lot of things. But what are the, some tips and tricks you have about becoming a CEO? We need to start thinking about the big picture. Not so much in all the little details. You're kind of thinking about the big picture and really get an understanding. People frequently refer to it as the 50,000 foot level look Mm -hmm. at a business because you're the one that's guiding it. You're really the visionary. The CEO is really the visionary. Like you're the visionary for your business. Mm -hmm. You know, you know where it's going. Um, You don't want to spend too much time on the minor things. It's like, you know, that book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, it really, in the big picture of everything, it's not going to make that much difference. So don't get involved Mm -hmm. in all of that. And that's why you have staff, why you have other people. They'll take care of that stuff. You don't need to be worried about that. Um, You need to really be cognizant of your company's cultures and values. That's really important that you have a good, healthy culture and value system in your corporation. And that you keep to that, no matter how big you get. Because sometimes when you grow... You forget about that. And, you know, here are these employees and clients that, you know, were really there for you in those lean days. And now things are better. You want to make sure you're still servicing them, that you're still keeping that that culture. You know, we see that how that changes, like, you know, places like Facebook and stuff, which I understand now is trying to change their name completely. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to reinvent themselves. <laughs> well, I don't know that they'll be successful. But, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you do want to hold people accountable for, you know, what they're doing. And so sometimes that's difficult because, you know, you can't be everybody's friend, you know, but you're there for a business. It's your business. You know, you can have a good relationship with people and you can do fun things and, you know, plan company events and all that and celebrate people. But People need to be accountable for what they do. So you have to just make sure of that. So it's really just a mindset. You know, once you start thinking a little differently, you're going to see that you'll just blossom. Mm. So beautiful. So I know we talked a little bit about the structure. I kind of want to go back to this. So what are some key structure components that you would recommend that people have to outsource everything in their business? Well, I mean, you need to make sure that you have an accounting program, whether it's QuickBooks or something else. You want to make sure that you have a good legal person that you can go to, the tax person you can go to. You know, marketing, you know, that's kind of an individual business choice. Like you mentioned before, I do a lot of referral-based business. And I like that because you're getting a warm referral because you're talking to somebody that somebody else has recommended and you think they've already vetted that person. So you're already a little more open to talking to them. And that person's going to probably do better for you because you know, this person referred you. And so, you know, you better do better. <laughs> so, um, you know, you want to get your insurance, you know, the corporate setup is really important. But again, you know, there are like legal zoom, you know, that can help you with all that for practically nothing, because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of time and filling out paperwork. And you want your time is valuable. So you, that's the key is that time is valuable. So why not go to these experts? Mm, so beautiful. This makes me so happy. So I feel like there's just one last topic that's not on the questions here that I want to ask about. So you have been rising in this business and really just thriving doing what you love to do. So my question is more about just, again, going back to the faith. And anytime there was a situation where you didn't know how it was going to work out, how it was going to manifest, do you have any specific story you could tell us about that with your business? Um, You know, that's a good one. So there was one of my new clients this year 
they had had a really bad pandemic year. The year before, they had an outstanding year. And just the way that they delivered their service dried up. So now here this year, they're getting it all back together and, and going to really do well again because life is opening up. But so they wanted, they, I was referred to them by their tax person. And so they had all these thoughts and ideas of what they wanted to do. But they were a team of people that, while they loved and adored each other, didn't really see eye to eye and didn't get along. And so I was able to then, I gave them what I call my client questionnaire. And I had all, there were four people, all of them fill it out. And once I saw that the answers to their questions were pretty similar, I realized, oh, these people really are on the same page. They just don't communicate well. Oh, wow. And so, so we started to develop different ways to communicate. And so that improved everything. And so everybody started to feel a little bit better, a little more comfortable about things. And uh, they felt like they could be accountable only for their area and they didn't have to worry about the other person's area because that's what was happening. So, so yeah, so just through communication and uh, providing some rep- really financial reports that really told the story, everybody felt much better. And so in a matter of like, I'd say 90 days, we went from, you know, everybody was like all over the place and now everybody's, you know, on the same page, they're going in the same direction and they have the tools that they think they need. And I think next year is just going to be an amazing year for them. So beautiful. Yay. Well, that pretty much wraps all of my questions up. Is there anything last that you want to say to the audience? Um, well, I just think the whole concept of manifesting money is just a wonderful thing. You know, I mean, you know, when you just really keep yourself open to what's out there, you know, it comes. It really does. It's amazing. It's never what you think it's going to be oh. ever, but, but it's what it needs to be for you. And so, you know, and it, the key is really getting good people. And, you know, I don't usually talk this way, but I don't anymore like to work with assholes. Yeah. And so it's just, I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent a long time working with a lot of different kinds of people. And some of them were that particular kind of person. But I just don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I made that conscious choice that, you know, if someone came to me and I could pretty much tell right away they were going to be difficult, I would say, you know, we're not the right fit, but I can find someone for you. Mm-hmm. You know, do that. So. So perfect. I love that you said that because we talk about how people are the biggest energy blocks. So like one little thing. Nope. So that is what's well, the whole 80 20 rule. You know, I mean, a long time ago, I had one client that took up 80% of my time, but only represented 20% of my revenue. So why was I even bothering? You know, <laughs> so true. Okay, so let's get to how our listeners can find you. Where are you most present and what's the best connection for you? Well, the best way to really get connected with me is through my um, Facebook group. And uh, let me just read that off to you. And so, um, so it's called Financial Systems to Go from Owner to CEO. More money, impact, and freedom. So that's a good place. I'm also on LinkedIn under Ina Maston, so you can find me there. And I do have a website, and it's mastinsolutions.com. And on that website, I do have a um, one of my pages, a place where you can book a discovery call with me. And that way, we can just talk about what your needs are or questions that you might have. Okay. And so the discovery call is like free 15 consultation. Right, or- right, right, right. Cool. So what we can do, we can actually put that in our email that goes out after this. So oh, if, right. if you guys are listening to this, it'll actually be in the show notes for YouTube and show notes and actually the podcast and our email list. So make sure you're on our email list. But I am just so excited for every single person who makes this shift and really invests into becoming a CEO and taking their business to the next Oh, level. absolutely. And, and as we saw really with the pandemic, you know, that 
the world can change in a minute. And so you need to be prepared for something like that. And so I've seen so many people that have left traditional jobs and kind of recreated an amazing business for themselves, doing things that they never expected and being happy and being joyful. And that I think that really helps to then having the balanced life. I mean, if you really feel passionate about what you're doing and you're able to do that, then life is good. So my last question for you, an extra $1 million just dropped in your bank account, boop, right now. What would you do like literally today? I'd probably give away a, a good portion of it to, you know, certain charitable organizations that I really believe in. And uh, for me, that's really important, giving back to my community and supporting them. Because quite honestly, I don't really need the money. And so I would probably invest half of it. But I'd probably, you know, I would like to set up, here's like a real thing I'd like to do is really set up a, a philanthropic fund where I can give back on a regular basis. And I have a nephew who's 15, and I really want him to learn about giving back. And I'd love to have somewhere where he and I work together collaboratively on a regular basis to give money back to, he's in Virginia, I'm out here, but into the community. Because he's the only ch- a child. He's the only grandchild and he's the only nephew on both sides. So we can really say he gets it all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's going to have a lot by the end of, by the time I pass away. And so, you know, it's important that he then understand that you need to give back because, you know, when you give back, you get back. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be recognized for what I give, but I, I like to get back in what the joy it brings or allows organizations to do things. Like just the other day, I was opening my mail and I said to my husband, Oh, you know, here's the San Diego Rescue Mission. And they want, you know, you to make, I think it's $2.05 a meal for Thanksgiving for a person. I said, should we buy some meals for people for Thanksgiving? And he goes, yeah, buy a hundred. I'm like, okay. So, so, you know, it's just those kind of being able to take advantage of those kind of opportunities, supporting people, you know, in their charitable endeavors. Yay! So beautiful. Well, that wraps it up, guys. Thank you guys for investing your time and energy. And thank you, Ina, for being a guest. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Manifesting Money podcast. If this episode resonated with you or shifted your paradigm in any way, shape, or form, please stop what you're doing right now and write us a review. This simple act of kindness helps us get this podcast episode out to as many people as we possibly can. And we also want to know what resonated with you and why. So be sure to join our free Facebook group that you can find in the show notes or tag us on Instagram. Either way, we love when you're in our energy and we love rewarding you for listening to the podcast. When you're ready to truly break down your money blocks and learn how to make money work for you, not the other way around, go to the show notes and learn how you can work with us and join our community of people who are making massive shifts in their finances. Thanks again for tuning into this episode and we cannot wait to share your testimonies. We'll see you in the next episode.